My name is Jelena Djokovic and you are listening to The Original Voice, a podcast created by The Original Platform. Welcome! Today's guest is a living proof of how certain setbacks in life, even at the very young age, can propel us to improve, grow and achieve fantastic things in life. After two brain injuries, he was called the kid with a broken brain. Instead of giving up, Jim Quick focused all of his attention and energy on studying the brain. Today, he's known as the founder of Quick Learning Institute and he's been a mental coach to many top CEOs of the world, as well as celebrities and athletes. He managed to hack the brain. And today, in this episode, he's sharing his experience and advices on how to improve our learning, memory and reading efficiency and efficacy. I enjoyed tremendously speaking with Jim, and as you'll notice, this episode was recorded outdoors in the Wimbledon Commons Park. It is an hour and a half long episode with lots of useful and practical information. So take your notes and let's start. Originally, glass. Hi, Jim. <laughs> This is so amazing. Are, we, are you going to tell people where we're at right now? I think you're, I'm going to let you do your part about saying how this is the most amazing place. This is. I, I've been doing, um, having conversations like this, you know, for media and stuff. This is the best interview spot ever, and you're the best person to talk to, so I'm looking forward to this. I did my fair share of uh, warming you up for yes, this. Yes, <laughs> you totally And the did. sun has done its job, because we're sitting in the garden um, next to Canizaro House. Mm. Um, I wanted to kind of uh, start this off by saying how we get to meet the most incredible people today in this world, thanks to the technology. Yeah. Thanks to technology, we get also some bad stuff in the, our life, but I always like to focus on the positive things. That's good. And the positive thing is that I get to sit with you and I've discovered you online yes um, through your magic you are doing your magic of helping people understand their brain and how to find the best use of it and uh, I had several people telling me about this guy from America that does this <laughs> awesome job and I was like you know what I'm just gonna figure it out how to um, uh, how to bring your knowledge and your experience to the people who follow us. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about your adventures? Yes, well this is a real pleasure. I know we're going to talk about about the power of the human mind, uh, your ability to do everything from learn faster, any subject or skill, remember names, to read two or three times you know, more efficiently, to be able to, to learn languages, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, when, when people see me Maybe they see me on video or they see me on a stage somewhere. I'll do these demonstrations where maybe I'll have 50 or 100 people stand up and introduce themselves to everybody else in the room and I'll memorize all their names or they'll How? give me a... That's like the biggest problem <laughs> of everybody. Yes, this is one of the things. I mean, it's that or they'll give me a hundred uh, random words or a hundred digit number and I'll memorize it forwards and backwards but I always tell people I don't do this to impress you I really Does it take time for you to do that or you are in a like is it a superpower meaning like in an instant you already know you don't need to yeah. make a stop or can you can you lead me through that Sure 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 I mean and and I don't do it to impress anybody I really do to express to people what's possible because the truth is you could do it And everyone who's listening to this right now, they could do it also, and a lot more. I can't even memorize my phone number. Yeah, isn't it funny though? Because we're so, we're talking about technology, and it is so good. It, it connects people, it's so convenient. Um, and my, own, my only 
uh, criticism of it is sometimes it could be uh, we could become too dependent on it or we could get too addicted to technology. I, I think technology is a tool. It's meant to make our life easier, just like any tool, just like you know, a kitchen of appliances or tools, they make our life easier. And we're there, it's there to, for us to use it to make our uh, life better. But when we're picking up our phones sometimes and we're so reliant on it, when we're bored or out of habit, um, then I feel like then it's using us, you know, and then sometimes that makes us more like a tool. <laughs> well, thanks to it, I stopped memorizing the numbers and Just the names. Like, yeah, you know what, they, they have a term for that. They call it, um, they call it digital dementia. Mm. This is where, um, I mean, how many phone numbers did you and I know growing up? Well, I certainly knew a few, right. like grandparents and right. parents. Not that we had cell phones, right? You right. just had to memorize six digits because that was how, in my country at least, I don't know right. how it is in America, but six digits and that's it. Right. And you only called your closest friends, but now all of a sudden you have a lot of people. Yeah, you do. Um, my, my, I believe that no one wants to memorize hundreds of phone numbers, but I think you're right. We've lost our ability but to remember. But should we? Do you think is that something no, we should? No. Going, going back to technology, I think it's a tool. Um, my thing is if we're so dependent on it, it's kind of like your brain is like um, like mental muscles. Those are your mental muscles. And just like an athlete or anyone builds their physical muscles, uh, if we just took the elevator all the time, if we just drove every time, we'd never take a walk, we never exercise, our muscles would grow weaker. And I feel like some of our mental muscles are getting weaker. It's like if you put your arm in a sling for a year, would it grow stronger? No. Would it even stay the same? No. It would it would atrophy and grow weaker. And I feel like uh, digital dementia is where your phone is keeping your schedules, your to-dos. I was out to dinner the other day and it was 10 of us and the bill comes and three people took out their cell phones to open up the calculator to divide the bill by 10. And, you know, when you just have to just move the decimal over and it's just, you know, we, we, we grown to be so dependent on it so it's not that you want to memorize hundreds of phone numbers but we've lost the ability to remember one or two when somebody gives it to you or they you forget your passcode or you forget something you just read or you forget a conversation you had you forget what you had for breakfast yesterday you forget could it be the lack of focus rather than the yeah. actual ability to memorize i think it's two things i i think yes it's ability um, and I also think it's fitness. I feel like we are not as mentally fit as, you know, you were saying before cell phones, you had to memorize those numbers. And so you were, we, we were more acute and, and just like how people are more physically fit, they're stronger, they're faster, they're more agile, they're more flexible physically, they have more energy. You want that for your mental muscles. You want to be mentally stronger. You want to have mental endurance, mental vitality, mental agility, mental flexibility, especially as we grow older. But the exciting news is that one third of our memory is predetermined by biology or genetics. That means two thirds is in our control and that's our lifestyle. And I know you are always looking for ways to make things better. You know, we just had a meal and it was just very, very clean and it's very nutritious. And what, for example, for your brain, what you eat matters, especially especially for your gray matter, you know, up here. So that would be the first, um, say, the step towards having a clarity of mind is... Good food. Good food. Yeah, I think that a lot of learning challenges, whether it's for children or adults, they have processed foods, they have too much sugars, and it makes them, you wonder why their behavior is, you know, spiking and crashing. You wonder why they're hyperactive. 
Um, and so they, they've done studies where they take uh, children in a classroom and they remove some just simply the, the, the sugars and all of a sudden their behavior is better, their focus is better. And so everything matters. It's not just a mad, there's no magic pill someone could take to just improve their focus or their memory or their ability to learn. There are many different things. And I know we're gonna talk about this in this conversation. I think there are 10 things actually that are critical. But going back to technology, I feel like it's important to just have balance, that's all. If, and like I read somewhere that's, uh, the average person opens up Instagram 150 times a day. You know, and if, if you're listening to this and you open it up less than that, that means someone's opening up even more, you know, on average. And it's only because these companies, and again, social media is wonderful. It's where people connect. It's where you meet new people. It's where you stay uh, current with your friends and seeing what they're up to. It's where you learn new things. But also, I think everyone can admit that there's a little bit of an imbalance when we're just going there all the time because these companies hire you know, really deep uh, knowledge workers that know a lot about psychology and human psychology. And every time you get a like or a share or a comment or watch a cat video, you get a dopamine flood. Uh, these hormones that uh, go along your, your nervous system and your motivation and, and learning tracks and it wires you to be distracted and then you wonder why we can't concentrate anymore our children can't concentrate anymore you read a page in a book get to the end and you just forgot what you just read and you go back you reread and you still don't know or you meet somebody they give you their name and you don't remember and i think so it's just to understand better um are you saying that the technology, because the speed at which it's sending us information is so fast that our brain is wired to follow much faster information that when we step away from it and we come back to this normal speed life where we are having black uh, letters on the white, mm -hmm. it's too boring, so our brain is not focused enough? Some, some for reading, yes. You know, we help people on how show them how to read two or three times faster but not frantic fast just more efficiently so it's easier and it's fun uh, not traditional skipping words or scanning and getting the gist of what you read but more really understanding what you read because like our clients our students we train you know world leaders of country, countries and, and companies and medical doctors you don't want your medical doctor just to get the gist of what she reads you want to understand it right you don't want to read war and peace and just think it's about Russia you need to recall more than that but, uh, but people definitely read uh, too slowly because your brain is this incredible supercomputer if you will but when you read you feed your the supercomputer one word at a time metaphorically we're starving our mind and even when I was speaking that slowly I know some people were listening if I kept on speaking that slowly their mind would wander they would get distracted they start thinking about other things they would start falling asleep right and aren't those the same exact symptoms that you feel when you're reading something you get distracted your mind wanders you get frustrated you fall asleep and really what it is, is if you don't give your brain this incredible supercomputer, the stimulus it needs, it'll seek entertainment elsewhere in the form of distraction. And that's why we don't have focus because we're going too slow. Yeah. It's like uh, 
it's like trying to ride a bicycle slow it's if you try to ride it too slow what happens you just wobble and you fall off and that's what people are doing when they're reading it's like if you're driving very slowly in your neighborhood very very slowly you could be doing where's your focus it could be four or five different places people are drinking their coffee they're thinking about the dry cleaning they're singing a song there i saw someone the other day putting on makeup <laughs> when they're going slow you could do you know multiple things but if you're racing a car what are you focusing on just the act of driving and just on what's in front of you that's your complete focus you're not trying to think about the dry cleaning you're not trying to listen to the radio you're not trying to drink your coffee while you're doing that and the is same- it like the, the the flight or fight mode right your your brain is basically turning on um turning on that mode and then that's why it's so focused yeah, the, the the speed actually gives you the focus because you have to pay attention and then because you have greater focus you have a better comprehension a lot of people think if you read faster your comprehension would go down but with the proper training it actually increases you have better comprehension because your concentration is better mm-hmm. because when you go too slow your mind gets bored and it starts to distract yourself to, to keep itself entertained and so I have a question it might be very relevant for younger um, younger students yeah. that you are um, helping um, for instance when we are learning to read we learn letter by letter and that's how you read the word right um, I have stumbled upon a great program that is actually teaching the children from birth literally from say fourth week of um, birth the photographic memory mm-hmm. um, by basically you're showing them those flashcards with the let- words on it right. and that's how they're learning to read instead of because you would never as a grown up read letter by letter you would read a word right. because you have the memory of how the word is right. um, so so that's actually that's actually how we teach it and we go a couple of steps further beyond that you're right when when children traditionally learn how to read they have these fixations a fixation adults do them too is it's an eye stop so when your eyes are going across the page let's say there are about 10 words per line on the average page right 10 words per line an adult a normal reader would stop 10 times they would look at the first word the second word the third word and the reason why a lot of people do not enjoy reading and they start to count the number of pages they have left in their assignment and for their meeting and such. <laughs> it's such a chore. It's because, I'm sure that somebody <laughs> has been there. <laughs> right, because it's not comfortable, because we're not good. We don't enjoy doing things that we're not great at, right? I mean, I would. some people would play... They would play tennis a lot more if they were really good at it. And because because there's something in psychology called the competence-confidence loop, that the more competent someone is, the more confidence they have. And because they're more confident, they're going to do that activity more and become more competent. And it becomes uh, cyclical, and you build positive momentum. And But a lot of people, they don't have the competence for reading. And the reason why is because, are you born with the ability to read? No. no, it's a skill. And it's, how do we learn it? We, we went to class for it. But if it's a skill that could be learned, how old were we the last time we took a class called reading as adults? We were like six years old. And um, has the difficulty, has the demand increased a lot? Yes. It's it's Moore's Law. It says the amount of no- information is doubling every, you know, couple of years. It's scary. You know, it seems like nowadays with you buy books, they sit on the shelf, and right? And you don't read them. They, they become shelf help and not self-help. <laughs> and we get so many emails. I mean, we're drowning in information. It's like taking a sip of water out of a fire hose. 
but we're drowning in it, but we're, we're starving for real practical wisdom. So there is a way of reading books faster <laughs> and having the memory of what you've read, re recollection yeah. of what you've read. So where we go above what, um, so yes, it's children, they look just how adults look at, they make 10 stops per line. And it's very taxing for them because it's like going through traffic. It's like starting, stopping, starting, stopping. And you wonder why your eyes are tired. You wonder why you're getting fatigued and frustrated. Mm -hmm. Children, when they learn, they look at letters traditionally and they try to spell it phonetically, which interesting, you know, I train a lot of spelling bee champions and such. Um, that's all memory. A lot of people try to spell phonetically, which is the wrong strategy, uh, especially for English, because most words aren't spelled phonetically. The word phonetically in English is not spelled phonetically, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so it's right. there's these poor learning strategies that we picked up. But uh, like, for example, a good speller, somebody who's a good speller, they'll look at a word that's spelled wrong and it just feels wrong in your body. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen a word that it's spelled wrong and it just feels wrong? Because that's what they call the visual kinesthetic strategy you see it and then you feel it that's the proper strategy for spelling a poor strategy is phonetically which is an auditory strategy trying to spell it based on how it sounds but words are actually just uh, spelling is just a memory you know you don't look at a word le a left to right or right to left you know when you, you just take a whole picture and just like you see that tree there you, you don't look at it from left to right or up to down you just catch it all at once and what i'm saying is when children learn letter per letter they're making even more fixations even more stops because they're stopping letter letter and that's why they're so slow mm -hmm. where we teach people is not only where adults or normal readers would say that's silly for a child to look at letter 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 because that's going to take them so long that's where um, you know we, we, we call them quick readers, you know, around my last name, but just yes. efficient readers, smart readers. Just as you when look at letters, what I'm saying is you don't look at the words; you see groups of words, because you have this amazing peripheral vision that when you look at one word, you could see the word or two to the left and the word or two to to the right. And so when you see New York City. You don't just see the, the new or the York or the city, you see it as all three. So why not? We weren't trained to see groups of words. So instead of making 10 stops for 10 words in that line with your eyes and being very taxing, you're seeing groups of three or four. So maybe it's only three, two or three stops, right? And that person's much more efficient. And so the other challenge when it comes to reading that we help with is you think the biggest obstacle is not actually your focus, or regression, backskipping. It's actually this thing called subvocalization. When you, the word means, uh, you ever notice when you're reading something, you hear that inner voice inside your head reading along with you? Mm -hmm. You hear that voice? Yeah. Hopefully it's your own voice. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> it's not somebody else's voice. But the reason why you're thinking, Jim, why is that getting in the way of my reading? It's because if you have to say all the words in your outside or inside your mind to understand them, that means your reading speed is limited to your speaking speed, you know? And the question is, is to say it another way, that means your reading speed is limited to, to your talking speed, not your thinking speed. Meaning a lot of times you could read a lot faster, but you just can't speak that fast. A lot of times people will listen to shows like this or podcasts or audiobooks, and they'll do it at 1.25 or 1.5 times or 2x, right? Because they're like, come on, you know, we're watching like, you know, a YouTube video, you're like, speed up, right? Um, and that's what I'm saying is when you're reading, you don't have to pronounce the words because most of the words that are there 
it's just like looking at a, a, a driving sign, like a stop sign. You don't say stop, but you understand what it means. 95% of the words you and I read every single day, 95% of them are what they call sight words. Words you know by sight, you don't have to pronounce them by sound. I mean, even think about all the filler words, and, there, because, this, that, like, those aren't words. Mm-hmm. That would be the equivalent of reading something and saying the punctuation. Saying reading and coming up to it, and then saying comma, question mark, exclamation mark. You wouldn't say that, but you know what it means. It's the same thing with words. So, a lot of challenges that... So, you are basically teaching not only children, but grown-ups as mm-hmm. well who have forgotten... Like yeah. we, we stopped learning how to read when we were six. We thought we mastered that, yeah. but then all of a sudden, once the school is over, there are lots of emails to read, lots of documents to read, lots of bad habits. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mentioned to you that um, my father, for the moment, is struggling to um, memorize everything he reads, and he's now going back to the maps of mind right. to figure out, like Tony Buzan, I think mm-hmm. that's the, 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 the author. Um, do you think what is the way to remember everything we read yeah. if we want if we have a goal say everybody's speaking about read as many books as you can right right but it's not just about reading it's also yeah. about remembering and applying absolutely it. So, and i love that you say that because a lot of people think knowledge is power because they hear it all the time but knowledge knowledge is not power it ha- only has the potential to be power it only becomes power when we apply it like you said and so what i would say is um We focus the majority not even on speed reading. We focus on smart reading. But you're right. Leaders are readers. Leaders are readers. That if uh, you think about some of the most successful people that are out there, they just love to read because it's, it helps you to become an expert. It helps you to become more, uh, you know, more wise, have more knowledge, make better decisions. Because we can only make good decisions based on the knowledge we have. It's also two other things. What I love about speed reading is. It exercises your mind. We, we talked about how your mind is like a muscle. It's use it or lose it. That you don't have focus and you don't have creativity and you don't have energy. You're thinking, what does that mean? What do you mean, Jim? I, yeah, I sometimes have those things. No, you don't have those things. You do those things. Mm-hmm. So just like, um, and what I mean by that is about taking nouns and turning them into verbs. So instead of, of, of having a memory, you could do a memory. Instead of having energy and hoping you have energy when you wake up in the morning, there's something you could do to have energy, right? There, instead of... So all the things that we thought we have no control of, right? all, all of a sudden you've discovered a way that we can return the power in Back our to, hands. Exactly, because we always have that responsibility. If somebody feels like they wake up and they're not creative, they don't have creativity to write that day, maybe that's their job, or, or be creative, it's not that you have creativity. There's a process for being creative and so the, my work a body of work the past 25 years is about taking these nouns turning them to verbs which once they are it becomes an action or a strategy a step-by-step recipe you know three steps on how to learn another language you know five different ways you could remember someone's name uh, different techniques on how to be able to read faster and recall more and so you don't have to pretend that you know just hope that you have focus that day there are things you could do literally to go right into focus or right into mindfulness and when it comes to your memory and we do a lot of this training and it doesn't matter what age you are it doesn't matter your background your career your diet your education your diet makes it makes it makes it a little bit part <laughs> um, your your financial situation your gender everyone can improve 
these areas and really so it's never too late it's never and, and we know this because what was the oldest person you worked with and helped oh in their 90s 90s yes yes I, I spent a lot of time I mean everywhere for kids with learning difficulties and challenges to you know to seniors that feel like that they've you know my, my grandmother passed away of Alzheimer's So it's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this. In America, the, the center for where they do a lot of the leading research on Alzheimer's and dementia is at the Cleveland Clinic uh, uh, Center for Brain Health. And I go there and they do all that and they also do caregiving also for families. But I go there and we, we train prevention. We talk about different things. We train the doctors uh, and their caregivers different ways they could, people could uh, really have resilience with their mind, maintain their cognitive capacity, have better focus. Is that possible through Absolutely. Alzheimer's as well? Okay, so... Because I'm, I'm so curious yeah, right now. So, so, so it today. really dep it depends, and I'm not, I'm not a medical doctor, right? What I, what I have, though, is we have in our online programs, we have a memory program, a speed reading program, everything, students online from 180 countries, so we get a lot of feedback. You know, even this past week, I spoke in total to over 10,000 people. So we're, we always hear all these stories. And obviously, when if somebody is really foregone, you know, in, in, in advanced uh, degrees of, of uh, brain aging and such, it gets very difficult, right? My, my goal is, to, is that everyone could always do better. It's kind of like when you see somebody... To slow down the, the whole process of aging. I mean, that. so so we don't know because the human. What I'm so excited about when we talk about the human brain is, instead of I mean, yes, I think it's great. People are going out in space, and but I, I'm looking at the space between our ears. You know, like the, that those hundred those hundred billion brain cells, if you will. You know, our true genius there. It's great. People are advancing technology, but what about you know the technology that we have in you know, our gray matter to to do all these things? And so we don't know. See, the reason why I'm so passionate about this is, as you know, I grew up with learning challenges. I was put in special education classes, um, and I had a, because I had a brain injury when I was five years old, head trauma, very bad focus, very bad understanding. I, it took me four years to learn how to read. So I struggled all through elementary school and middle school and junior high and high school. Uh, my whole childhood, I, I struggled. And so I know what it feels like to feel like you're far behind. I know what it feels like to suffer and to work harder than everybody else and still not get the results. And if I can add to that, it doesn't really stop once you master one thing. Right, exactly. Actually, the struggles do continue. So there is no end in growth. Right, and I think everybody has their own story and the things that they face. But when it comes to difficulty, you know, during difficult times, difficult times can, they could define you, they could diminish you, or they could develop you, you know, and ultimately we decide what things mean. And for me, it meant that I, at the age of nine, it's one of my teachers pointed to me thinking I was not paying attention or not smart enough to understand, said, that's the boy with the broken brain. I mean, it was really, and, and adults have to be very careful. Parents have to be very careful. Teachers have to be very careful. Anyone talking to a child, you know, that could hear in, you know, in, in uh, you know, distance is you, your external words become their internal words. And every single time that I didn't do well on a quiz or a test or I wasn't picked for the football team or whatever, I would always in my mind like, oh, it's because I have the broken brain. And here's the thing with, self-talk whether it's our self-talk or children's self-talk 
if you fight for your limitations and you say, oh, I'm too old or I'm not smart enough or I'm not whatever, your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. And if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. You know, when you argue for your limits, they're yours. And I remember I was preparing to run a marathon and, uh, you know, with a name like Quick, which really is my last name. I didn't, it's my father's name, my grandfather's name. I had to be a runner, but a lot of pressure when it says, you know, Quick, quick right on, on, your, on your shirt. Um, is I was running a marathon and I read a book on the psychology of it, one of the chapters, and it said this word for word, because I'm a memory expert, word for word said, your brain is like a supercomputer and your self-talk is the program it will run. So if you tell yourself you're not good at remembering names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. And that's what I mean. If people understood the power of their own mind, they would, every single time, even during this conversation, you know, your mind, once stretched by a new idea, never regains its original dimensions. Oliver Wendell Holmes said that. But when we're talking about this, a new thought, you light up hundreds of millions of brain cells and it rewires together and what I would say is you have no idea how powerful you are if you want to improve your self-esteem overnight just study your, your brain it's incredible so what I would say is your self-talk matters and especially you know to your gray matter and what I would say is don't say anything you don't want to come true don't say anything you don't want to come true. That's how powerful your mind is. We've discovered more but about... But you have a chance also to correct yourself of course, in case of course. you go that way. Yeah, and no, like and no one's perfect. It's done. Right, right. And, no, and no one's perfect, right? <laughs> but all I'm saying is little things that you, even with children, you could teach children or teach yourself, you know, adding a, a word like yet at the end of a sentence. You know, I don't have a great memory yet. You know, I don't, I'm not, I don't have really good focus. I'm not a really good learner yet, right? Something little like that changes. It's like in, in my podcast, we did an episode on gratitude and how gratitude attitude rewires your brain and four quick tips on how to instantly be grateful and one of them is changing your vocabulary so people say oh i got to pick up the kids today i gotta work out i gotta go shopping and get food foods you know get healthy food it's not you got to just change that o and got to an e and make it get I get to pick up the kids today. I get to work out. I get to get some healthy food. Yeah, it's the, the energy. Change, totally, completely. Yeah. And because words have meaning, and I'm saying we are in control. And so when it comes to human memory, we know that one-third is predetermined by genetics and biology, two-thirds is in your control. And one of the things that people need to be conscious of, if you want to remember what you read, is just, is just really focusing on self-care. And I would start there because self-love and self-care is not selfish. So there are 10 things that I train at the uh, Center for Brain Health. And number one is a good brain diet. So there's certain foods that are really good for your brain. They're neuroprotective. Uh, foods like avocado, foods like blueberries, very good for the brain. And, um, they, like I call them brain berries. Uh, foods like broccoli, uh, some people say all the favorites of the kids all of, right ex exactly <laughs> dark green leafy vegetables uh, is on there walnuts but don't give up on, on these uh, foods uh, for all the moms listening because right. there are great recipes healthy juicy and so Absol they will love absolutely. it absolutely just don't serve them as a single option just right. add it a little bit just uh, tweak a little bit and they, they will eat it. And it can be nutritious, as you know, nutritious. What we had today was nutritious and delicious. And off the menu. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and so many people are accommodating now. If you want gluten-free, if you want dairy-free, if you want organic. I mean, there's options now. 
your your podcast you work on your podcast also with Mark Hyman Dr. Mike mm-hmm. Mark Hyman right and yeah. he's helping also to convey the message of Yeah we we diet. we've done a number of episodes just on great brain foods and what to eat and also what to avoid because that's also very important because literally what you eat becomes you and so shall we come back to what to avoid later so now the first sure. one is so di- the first thing diet. is a good brain diet and yes. i could actually teach everyone how to memorize this list too so we could do that yeah, yeah. that would be great so imagine you have to uh, to give a presentation next week about it you'll remember all 10 forwards and backwards uh, so number one is good brain diet number two killing ants Killing ants is actually clinically proven to be good for your brain. What Meaning, do you mean? no, I know I would never do that. In real, <laughs> but ants actually stands for automatic negative thoughts. Oh. The A stands for automatic, N is negative, and the T is thoughts. And that was our self-talk that I talked about earlier. You want to keep it as positive, um, as an uplifting as so possible. So we stand up a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, let's do that. It's yeah. Stretch. Okay. <laughs> and I love this. I mean, you hear the you hear the kids playing in the background. You hear the birds here. It's quite unusual for this kind of conversation. It, it, it is, <laughs> and that takes us actually to number three, which is exercise. <laughs> and you just did that automatically. I you, you did. So number one is a good brain diet number two is getting rid of negative thoughts automatic negative thoughts or ants number three is number four number three is exercise good because the reason exercise is so important and i love that we, we stood off off this wonderful wonderful bench um is that you primary the primary function of a brain is to control your movement and as your body moves, your brain grooves. But we live in such a sedentary lifestyle. And I'm even I'm very concerned about kids because kids now are growing up on these digital devices and they're not going out to play. And uh, they're not going, their brains aren't forming. They, your children especially, their body has to move to form, form uh, their nervous system. And so that's so important. But generally exercise, and what I mean by that is they, they say that sitting is a new smoking that most people are sitting eight hours in a day and it's not healthy. And so what I recommend everybody does is they uh, set an alarm on their phone every 30 minutes, 25 to 30 minutes, just for five minutes and just get up and move. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I'm watching tennis a lot. Mm-hmm. And my husband gets to play five hours sometimes. Right, right, right. And, um, luckily, those games are interrupted every three minutes, say, if they don't prolong it. So that's right. a good kind of 10 minutes and you stand up. And mm-hmm. But I've noticed that if you get so focused at something, like even when you're sitting and working at the computer, yeah. when the I have followed your instructions before and I mm-hmm. was like, okay, I'm going to do the 45 minutes yeah. or 30 minutes. I feel like oh but the time I, I this is not right like right. it's not 45 minutes that I've been sitting it's been like 10 minutes I don't feel any problems because right, right. you're so consumed with work that yeah. you lose um, track of time yeah so for all the people I'm sure that's the case and I've also um, learned to um, that was one of the things that kind of maybe sh- people should avoid is like put all the things in their hands reach mm-hmm. so that you don't have to stand up and I'm, right. it's like I don't want to interrupt my flow yeah. workflow so I'm going to put my fruits here and my water here and everything's going to be there and then when I'm supposed to stand up what do I stand up for just right. to go to the loo I mean <laughs> right I, I agree completely if you set up your environment to deliberately get you to stand up it's so important because especially the reason why it's like 25, 30, 45 minutes in that range it's the average attention span it's the average television 
show after that our attention and our productivity drops and so that's why you want to stop it and just take a brain break to do three things number one move right because that's you want anything that's good for your heart it's going to be good for your head also people tend to learn really well when they are exercising especially because when you move you're you create this these uh, brain derived nootropic factors it's like um fertilizer for your your brain cells and you need to be able to move so the when, podcasts are good when 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 you're <laughs> when you're doing it on the elliptical or on the bicycle or you're doing a light jog it's very good because it actually help you to learn it better actually something that um, uh, exercise that's uh, more rhythmic is is very powerful for you so exercise is, is so important so you do during your break you move you hydrate Because as you know, most people are so dehydrated. Your brain, your body, which your brain is part of your body, is How like... How about you have your glass? Right, I know. There. So we'll do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're literally, we're gonna... I think everybody should take a, a hydration Yeah, right let's now. take a moment. Especially for us being outdoors on the 33 degrees. Yeah. It's, We it's, don't it's feel nice it in the shade, but... <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, But the, the hydration is important because our brain, our body is uh, 70 plus percent water and we lose water all the time. Even when we sleep, people don't realize you can lose a lot of water through respiration and perspiration. And then finally, the third thing I would do during your brain break is you've moved, you've hydrated, is do, do some deep diaphragmic breathing. A lot of people have mental fog or brain fog because they're not breathing. A lot of their posture is very poor when they're reading and they're studying or your kids are working, they collapse. And when you collapse your posture, you collapse the, the, your lungs, your diaphragm, and the lower one-third of your lungs actually absorbs almost two-thirds of the oxygen. And so you're not getting the oxygen to your brain. And so make sure you do your, your breathing. When people are stressed, that's when they have very shallow breathing. You know, as they go into fight or flight, and that's not good for, for learning. They also say that's how the depressed people breathe. Yeah. Shallow breathing. You ever notice also when, when you're driving around or you see people just on their phones all the time, their posture for the majority, like I, I invite people to, to pay attention to this when people are on their phones and you're just watching them. They're just, they're usually bent over like this, looking at their at their uh, at their phones, and they have bad posture. If you were to take the phones away and just look at the silhouette of their posture, they look depressed, right? They look sad, and I feel like our physiology. The sad thing is that that's what the children are doing lately. Right. Uh, there was a study that um, I was recently reading regarding children, that maybe if they have to have some uh, technology time, like right. watching time, TV time, better to put them in front of TV because they can still move like the TV is they don't have to hold it mm -hmm. well if you give them the tablet or the iPhone or whatever the smartphone um, that's where they bend they are completely right. like consumed and they don't move their neck is bent their back and and so if there is an alternative way let's do the TV and then standing up or moving around because that's what kids yeah. do they need movement unless they're holding it right like if they're holding the smartphone that's when they can they can be there for like three four hours this is what by. happens to us it, it does and it's all a lot, of, a lot of marketers and product designers, I mean, they want you to have your attention on those platforms because that's how they get paid. And they have, you know, deep, very smart people designing those things for that very reason. So it, it's hard. And so that that's movement. So that's number three. Number four are brain nutrients. And I don't, don't go too much into this because it's not my specialty, but, you know, there's certain, there are certain supplements that we, or nutrients that we might lack because of our diet. We're not getting it in our diet. I know sometimes when people supplement with a B12 supplement, it makes a difference for them because your, your brain, you know, thrives. Your omega-3s, for example, are very important. And what I recommend people do... Just any supplement do, or... 
I mean, you want something that's quality. I always prefer to get something from food. That mm-hmm. That's my first go. Mm-hmm. But I also know that, you know, I've been in f- seven cities in the past three weeks. And sometimes when you're staying at hotels and you come in at 11 o'clock at night and there's not a lot of options, it's a little more difficult. What I would recommend people go to is a f- good health practitioner, or maybe a functional medicine doctor. And you could actually have a blood profile. And Do you know how many people don't know what is functional medicine today? Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We just recently discuss, discussed this with our friends when mm. we mentioned functional medicine. They don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the challenge is, is health and everything, just like any area, has advanced a lot. But some people um, were just not taught these things. You know, even doctors, they aren't required to have a lot of training in, in the area of, of diet and nutrition. Um, and so hopefully things are more progressive. Functional medicine is similar to how my approach to learning is. It's very functional learning. It's not any one discipline. We don't treat function, like for example, there's certain organs, I mean, they work. It's a whole system, right? That's meant to work. And if one thing is out of place, then it affects everything else. But, uh, you know, if you go to uh, a butcher, you know, they, they, they know how to do one thing. If you go, then people are, do what they are trained to do. And so what I'm saying is if people go to a functional medicine doctor and just have simple blood tests or, you know, and nutrient tests, you could see um, something like your food allergies, some very, something simple, like they give you a very a comprehensive r- report, green, yellow, and red, and just see what's in your red and just avoid it. What's in your yellow and use it sparingly. What's in your green, enjoy it. And, but then also test by results also and, you know, tr- and, and trust your own nature um, the other thing is you could do nutrient profile because you might be deficient in certain things in certain minerals uh, in certain in certain nutrients could that could be affecting your learning and your memory um, also hormones so so very important I don't know how many people really understand the, like their hormonal levels but your hormones play a big part um, in how you learn and how what how you feel at any given time and how you behave so really really know yourself I think that's so important um, after uh, brain nutrients, I would say number five that's important for your brain, all of us, for adults and for children, is a positive peer group. Because who you spend time with is who you become. You could be doing all of these things. And notice when I'm going through all 10, all I'm asking people to do is maybe on a scale of zero to 10, rate yourself. How am I doing in that area? Because everything we're talking about, I don't think anyone would debate it. I don't think people say, no, food's not important, right? Or no, have all the negative thoughts you want, you know, or, you know, don't be around really energy and vampires all the time I think everyone would say it it's important but just on a scale of 0 to 10 check in with yourself and saying how well am I doing in this area on my diet and, and my exercise and so on uh, positive peer groups important because you know they say we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with now that's like very you know self help something you put on Instagram or something but there's actually a science behind it that we know it's not just your health is not just your biological networks or your neurological networks it's your social networks like whether or not someone smokes or not has less to do with their biology and more to do whether their friend's friend smoke is going to influence you more to smoke, for example. And so what I would say is uh, in the, the neuroscience of it is we have these things called mirror neurons and mirror neurons are your imitation, your empathy neurons. So it's like when you're watching a sport and I'm watching a tennis match and you could feel what the players are doing, that those are your mirror neurons firing off. When you're watching a movie and you could feel what the actor or actress is going through, those are your mirror neurons. So we are constantly imitating people around us. And that's why parents and adults and leaders for teams you have to be very careful because people don't do what you say they do what you do 
because of that. And what's the reason why... People don't do what they say, they do what you do. Right. Because that that's what... And it's better well done than well said. You know, people could say anything, but really, you know, our actions are what speak louder than words, right? And the reason why is because we're always imitating people because of these mirror neurons. We feel empathy around people we, we, we are around on, on a constant basis. And what I'm saying is being around a positive peer group, how it's brain healthy, is if you're around people that that are negative that are that that put you down that 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 suck your energy that has an effect on you because you start not only feeling bad but you also also start adopting those behaviors you start imitating those beliefs and but if you're on people who are cheery that that challenge you right that educate you that cheer you on you're gonna you know you start adopting those beliefs and those behaviors and those habits so positive peer groups very brain healthy um, also by the way the, the positive peer group is important because I'd also read a study recently that said loneliness, just the feeling of not feeling connected to people will increase your chance and risk of dementia 65%. Wow. You know, and then, and that's what I'm concerned about. You know, again, I like social media because it creates opportunities and connections where maybe they're not there before. But also, social media, also some people feel this, this social media depression. You see everybody's happy life because that's all anyone, most people put on there. And you see the trailer of, you know, the highlight trailer of their, their month and their days. You know, and people think that's their life. And then they're comparing themselves to something that's not completely true Mm. and so that that's a challenge number six is a clean environment and you know this right like how how good do you feel when you organize your desk or you clean up your laptop you have clarity of thought and i don't just mean clean environment and have your kids clean the room that's important because your external world is a reflection of your internal world i also what i would also say is clean environment like the quality of your air Right? People don't realize that pollutants and how, it, how sensitive some uh, your nervous system is. The, 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 um, the purity of your water that you're drinking when we're going back to water. So, I mean, clean environment in all, all respects. Um, after that, number seven is... You're making it very difficult for all of us to memorize. No, no. And here's the thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to teach you in two minutes how to memorize this, these ten things. Okay. Yeah. Number seven is sleep. All right, and we know this. We had a conversation about this earlier today that if you want to have a healthy brain, a fit brain, you need sleep for three reasons. Number one, it's where you actually consolidate short to long-term memory. If you're having memory issues, you're not, you might want to look into your sleep habits um, because that's actually a lot of people in school, they didn't study, they crammed, they pulled all-nighters, and that's actually not good for your memory and your brain. So short to long-term memory. Number two is um, you also want to... uh, About the students, I have to just ask. um, So Mm -hmm. is there... Okay, thank you. Uh, Is there a a way to train your brain when is the most optimal moment, uh, optimal time for learning? Because I know students, for instance, Mm -hmm. they choose to to study overnight Mm -hmm. and that's where they um, kind of feel like they are the most productive probably because the least distractions are happening. So I was wondering, what do you think of that? Can you train your brain so that it shuts down for the night and then you kind of work uh, throughout the day? The, The answer is... Yes, but there's a caveat to it. And it's just like with it, with many things. And so you could train your mind to do amazing things, right? And also 
based on our body type, what science is saying is we have certain predispositions, just like we're not all genetically the same. And they're actually the science. I did um, a podcast episode on this on chronotypes, and it's called the power of when, because people are always talking about what to do or how to do it or the power of why, right? Finding your purpose. But very few people are talking about what you're asking. Like, when do you do these things? Mm. And so, uh, chronotypes are basically four different body types and they're like animals and you kind of know this right because it's in our language it's like are you an early bird or a night owl you know those are kind of and that gets you an idea some people really love working out in the morning they love studying first thing in the morning other people are much more creative at night when everyone's asleep and they have their at 2 a.m they love doing their things so there's definitely a preference that we all have in our in our how we're physiologically set up um, just like we're preferences you know around food and if we're left-handed or right-handed we all have different strengths and such and predispositions and you could also train because sometimes for example actors that have to film maybe they're not night people but they have to film from 6 p.m to 6 a.m there's it's very difficult right because they have to change their sleep schedule there are ways to do that but it's always a little bit better to do it the way you're set up because you're not fighting against your nature right you could train anything but it might not come as easy because you you know you stretch back to the where 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 your strength is. And there would be also the case for people who have these routines for all their life, mm-hmm. and now they're trying to kind of yeah offset them and lear- relearn, and un- you- unlearn, maybe unlearn their bad habits and then learn new thing. Mm-hmm. Unlearning is more difficult than learning, isn't it? it? It is, and I find that you know you and I have the shared passion for for children's growth and learning and education and i love it because they haven't learned a lot of bad habits you know bad reading habits bad studying habits bad remembering sheet right and you can you can install you know new positive powerful and empowering things um i would say that so we in our uh podcast that you're referring to we've done two episodes on habits and habits are sticky you know they say that about about 40 percent of our day is spent habitual Uh, even our thoughts, our habits. They say we have 60,000 thoughts a day. 60,000 thoughts a day. That's too little. <laughs> <laughs> the, the challenge is, is and they say 95% of the thoughts are the same thoughts we had yesterday and the day before that. That's why there's not a lot of change because there's very little newness that's there. But we've discovered more about the human brain more in the past 10 years than the previous thousand years. And when we're talking about things like neurogenesis, that your brain, you literally could create new brain cells to the day you die. Genesis, like birth and neurobrain. Neuroplasticity says you could create new connections. Your brain is malleable like plastic. And everyone, every time you have a new thought, you can make new connections that weren't there before. So for example, I'm Einstein's brain wasn't any bigger than anybody else's. It was actually smaller, uh, way less. But there are certain parts of his brain that were had high levels of density because there were lots of connections. Because he would do these thought experiments. Uh, he would use his imagination. And, and you, that's why you can, I know you could train creativity. And, uh, and so going back to... We could go forever. I know, with I know. This, I want to talk huh? to you, yeah, talk to you yeah, forever about this topic. But going back to sleep, this the second reason why you sleep besides short to long term memory is it cleans the plaque out of your brain. We know the latest science, the research is saying that um, 
that there's this plaque that builds up, but when you sleep, it actually you have this. It's like a sewage system. You clear it out, and that can lead to uh, dementia and such. Um, and but the third reason why you want to be able to sleep for your brain, from a learning perspective, and this is kind of an interesting one that I'm going to add in, is it's when obviously you're dreaming. When you're in that REM state, you have your dreams, and you're like, why is that important? Is because people don't realize this, but when you're learning all day or you're uh, at school or you're working and you're trying to solve problems, your brain doesn't shut off at night. If anything, it's more active. It's actually more active. Oh. And you're coming up with solutions. You're coming up with new answers and insights. The challenge is, is when you wake up in the morning, you forget a lot of your dreams. And um, so that's why one of the most powerful podcasts I did was how to remember your dreams, like six different things. But here's the reason why, just for everyone to remember this, and you will because of these, these reasons. Um, when you look around in culture and um, technology, a lot of culture, technology, literature, music came from dreams, came from like the creator's dreams. So for example, example, um, we're here in you know London area, Mary Shelley came up with Frankenstein in her dream. Paul McCartney came up with the song Yesterday in his dream. Uh, the, a chemist came up with the periodic table in, in his dream. It's, it's amazing. Elias Howe created the, the sewing machine in his dream. So what are we dreaming about that's amazing, that could be solving a lot of our problems and, and taking our, you know, our life or our business to another level, or, um, but we forget. So remembering dreams. So that's why, but you can't dream unless, you could, unless you're sleeping. Right. So not to go into depth, go visit his uh, podcast and lear re uh, learn how to remember your dreams. Yes. That's would... important. And I'm going to go and do that because now I would love to ask that <laughs> question. But I'm like, okay, let's go back to number right. okay. seven. Right. So, is it seven? <laughs> yes, yeah, seven. Okay. So seven, yeah. So seven we is sleep. And then number eight is brain protection. Brain protection. If you want a great memory, if you want to have a healthy, vibrant mind, you need to protect your brain. And so... It's tough, you know, with kids sometimes, they're playing sports, and so just make sure they're wearing a helmet, or avoiding, you know, as adults, avoiding extreme sports. And I, so, I don't just mean protect your brain from physical trauma, because I've done a lot of work with, you know, the NFL and, and players like that, um, to help get their brain back and such, because your brain is, is resilient, but it's fragile too. And that, that's, what's, uh, that's what's a real challenge. But I also mean protect your brain, not just from physical trauma, but also things like electromagnetic fields like emfs they called it we we weren't you think about all of like the electricity that's here that wasn't here when we were hunter and gatherers right and so much from our phone we do not know i did a whole podcast episode uh, talking to dr joe mercola and he was talking to him sharing science and research about how electromagnetic fields from our phones are affecting our brains because we always have our phones right by Our, our head, you know, and it's really scary because... And so many people sleep next to their That's phone. it. Children. I read recently that over 90% of children sleep with their phones underneath their pillows. Mm. And what's that doing? We just don't know what that's doing to the because human brain. Because there are also apps that are measuring how, what your level of, uh, what, what are your, what are your sleeping cycles? Mm-hmm. And so people think they have to sleep with their phone under their pillow mm-hmm. to have that done. But yeah. I mean, how do you, how does that thing measure your brain waves if it's yeah. not next to your head? Yeah, I mean, I would be choosy. Like for me, I use um, a device that I, it's a ring actually, and I just put it on, on uh, uh, I turn it off, the Bluetooth off, 
and then it just records everything. And then when I turn my phone on in the morning, it just uploads automatically. So it's really just like anything else. It's just good, good, better, and best at finding something that a good resource that that works for you. Okay. Um, so protect your brain is number is, is number eight. Number nine is new learnings. If you want a really healthy, vibrant brain, always be learning, and that's why brain grows by use. It does because neurogenesis and neuroplasticity create new brain cells and new connections. It requires two things: nutrients and novelty. Right, you mean novelty, meaning just like uh, you would work out your body, you would you would do uh, curls or something for your biceps that would give it novelty, and then you give it nutrients to feed it, right? And same thing with your mental muscles. You need to give it novelty, new ideas, new thoughts, new learnings. So num- number nine is new learnings. Um, also, it ac- adds to your longevity. I don't know if you saw this, but it was on the cover of Time magazine. They did this study on these nuns, and I call them super nuns because they were living 80, 90, and above. And they wanted to find out how this community of women were living so so long, and not only so long, but so well. And they've discovered half of it had to do with their emotional gratitude, their faith, but the other half had to do, they were lifelong learners. They were always challenging themselves. They were having deep conversations. They were reading all the time. And because of it, they feel like it added years to their life. But not only that, it added life to their years. So they're growing older, but they were they were still vibrant, right? And still alive. So that's number nine. And finally, number 10, what's important, again, no matter age, whether it's a three-year-old or a 33-year-old or a 99-year-old, is stress management. Stress management, meaning that we don't realize how much stress we are under all the time because it's always there. It's like a fish. Fish never see water because they li- they've had it all the time, right? So they don't see what's always there. And we're under so much stress, you know, digital stress, demands, overload, overwhelm, you know, every environmental stress, emotional, all these kind of stresses. So basically with these 10, you covered a whole life. So I mean, really. And <laughs> Can we pick the top yeah. three or four to kind wanna, of impact? Well, here's the thing. Here's, well, here's the thing. People could do with, you know, so all I'm saying for stress management, when you're stressed, you go into fight or flight, which is okay if you need to do something physical, but it's not good if you need to study. A child has to study. It's not good if you need to give a presentation at work. And it literally creates cortisol and adrenaline. And chronic stress, like over a long period of time, actually shrinks the brain. And so it literally sh- could shrink your hippocampus, you know, where your memories are and everything. And so um, your memories are formed. So it's it's a big challenge. And so how are we coping with stress? What mindfulness practices do we have? You know, massage. What are you, what are you doing to lower your stress levels? So those are the 10 keys for what I call, call unlock your quick brain and I think everyone would agree each of them are important you'd be doing all of that and be really stressed and it's going to affect your productivity and your performance you'd be doing all of this but not sleeping you'd be doing all of this and have a head injury you'd be doing all this and just not challenging your mind and learning new things so find the areas that you're not putting attention to and I would encourage you to put attention to there and then watch yourself elevate right now here's the trick on how to memorize all 10 all right this is gonna be fun so if you've so ever let me see what i i remember yeah, from yeah. now so let's test my memory yes so, so number one would be nutrition brain nutrition mm-hmm. two exercise three um uh, 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 environment the peer peers well, I think I number four, uh, hydration, if that doesn't go under. Okay, I'm going to go 10. <laughs> Stress. <laughs> um, and sleep. And a new novelty. And 
Yeah, I think I've covered it all. I think it's was covered, it was that, that was good. That was good. So so here's 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 the technique, and I think I think everyone could go through it and see how they remembered it. Also, so if you want to remember all ten and you wanted to do it in order, like you had to give a presentation at work. Um, I train a lot of actors how to memorize like their scripts and you know uh, memorize their scripts faster and longer or speed read you know their lines and such. Um, this is how I would recommend it. Now this is a twenty five hundred year old memory technique from Greece. And because back then they didn't have printing presses, they didn't have smartphones, they didn't have all this stuff. So how did they remember things? How did they pass on history, you know, around campfires and such? So they use this technique that um, let's call it the location method. They use very specific locations to store information. And where it came from was there was a Greek order order named Simonides. He was he's giving a poetry reading, and when he left the building, something really tragic happened. The building collapsed. And killed everyone that was there and because he was the lone survivor he had the responsibility of helping family members identify their loved ones and he was able to do that for every single one of them because he remembered where they were sitting and you could do that too i think everyone has that superpower you can think about something you went to recently maybe it was a dinner and you remember where everyone was sitting in what position because what we've discovered is we store information in space like think about it as your survival, as a hunter-gatherer, you didn't need to memorize numbers or words as much as you needed to remember where the things were. Where's the clean water? Where's the, the fertile crops and the soil? Where's the enemy tribe? That was always like your, your survival. So we store information in space. And to prove it, when here's a question. When you forget someone's name, what's, the first, what's one of the first questions you ask yourself when you forget someone's name? What's your name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. After, after, it's like, what's the person's name? Most people ask themselves, like, like, where do I know this person from, right? Because the where, the place, the context gives you the like the content. Because once you know, oh, they're from there, then it gives you more of the information. But we store information in place. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take places like a place that we're familiar with it could be your home it could be your office it could be let's we can let's we actually do it on our body <laughs> let's just take our body 10 places on our body and what we do is take each of the 10 brain tips and put the first one in the first place and the second one in the second place the third brain tip in the third place now by the way when i said first place second place third place have you ever found yourself saying that in the first place this and the second place that that languaging actually came from this 2500 year old memory technique we don't use it any the technique as anymore i'm bringing i want to bring it back but that's where the languaging came from because back then people would store information in places and so knowing that let's use our body for example just because we always have it with us let's do 10 places and everyone who's listening to this you could do it with us we'll make this interactive and i'm gonna teach you these 10 forwards and backwards in two minutes all right so the first place and everyone could touch it and, and say it is the top of your head so top number one is what top right Number two is going to go down your body, your nose. What's number two? Nose. Nose. Number three is going to be your mouth. What's mouth. number three? Mouth. Number four, let's go to the side of our head, our ears. What's number four? Ears. Good. Number five is going to be your throat. Five is your throat. Throat. Number six, now by the way, we're halfway through. What was number one? Head. Yes, yeah, so the top of your head. Number two? Nose, number three. Mouth. Number four. Ears. And number five. Five. Oh, sorry, the throat. <laughs> your throat. Number six are your shoulders. 
Shoulders. Good. Seven is your collarbone. Collar. Collar. Eight are your fingers. So we go your fingers. Fingers. Nine is your belly. Belly. And ten is going to be your seat, your rear end. Bottom. <laughs> okay, great. So there are ten places on our body. Now, here's the technique. If you want to remember the ten keys for unlocking your quick brain, the key is to turn each one into a picture. That's the ultimate tip. T-I-P, turn into picture. Because what we understand about human memory is we tend to remember what we see. Um, it's kind of interesting, right? And we kind of forget what we hear. It's like you go to someone, you look at them, you're like, hey, I remember your face, but I forgot your name, right? You never go to someone and say the opposite. You never go to someone and say, hey, I remember your name, but I forgot your face. That, that wouldn't make any <laughs> sense. Because we tend to remember what we see. Um, there's a Chinese proverb that goes, what I hear, I forget. What I see, I remember. What I do, I understand. What I hear, I forget. I heard the name, I forgot the name. What I see, I remember. I saw the face, I remember the face. And what I do, going back to practice and exercise, I understand. And so we tend to remember pictures, and that's really the universal language. When, when we got on an airplane to be here, you don't see the words, no smoking on an airplane. You don't see the words, fasten your seatbelt. What do you see? Pictures. Pictures. Because that's a universal language. We think in pictures all the time. Uh, we, we dream in pictures, right? And I don't think anyone dreams and you see like closed caption, you know, text on the bottom of your dreams, right? You see the pictures. If I ask you to describe your car, you would say the color. You would say it's got four wheels. It's, it's white. It's, it's, got, it's got these many windows. You don't see the, the, the words, you know, white or the four wheels written out. You see the pictures, right? So it's a universal language. So we think in pictures. So the goal here is now that we have the place on our body is to take the picture. I call this technique the pie technique. P stands for place. You have the place, the 10 places on your body. The the, sorry, P stands for picture. So that's the, the, the picture here. The, the I is the, uh, well, let me do this one. I want to switch this around a little bit. One more time. You edited this, right? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> I'll have everybody do what you want, so okay. no worries. <laughs> so here's it. The P stands for the place. So we have the place on our body. The I, it means to imagine. So imagine it as a picture. And then the E stands for entwine, which means put those two things together. Mm-hmm. So watch this. The first, the P is in, is in pie's place. So the place is, the first place is what? Head. Yeah, the top of your head. And on the top of your head, you need to remember the first uh, brain tip, which is a good brain diet. So I want you to imagine all the good brain foods we just talked about on the top of your head. Okay. Good. And then here's the thing. You're like, I can't imagine it. Well, if you can't, just imagine you can imagine it. The people who are the best learners are the children, and they have great imaginations, and yeah, they're playful. They probably have cabbage now on their head. Right, exactly. They have broccoli. <laughs> they have broccoli and guacamole, and they have blueberries and everything. So that's on the top of your head. And just imagine it. And here's the key to long-term memory. Information is forgettable. But information combined with emotion becomes a long-term memory. And I'll say that again. Information is forgettable by itself. We forget information all the time. But information combined with emotion becomes a long-term memory. And you know this going back to school. Like, what did most people feel like in school? They felt probably, like, bored, right? not very good. Yeah, so on a scale of zero to 10, what's boredom? It's a zero. But information times emotion. If the emotion's zero, what's anything times zero? Zero, right? And that's why people don't remember 
the periodic table or all that stuff they learned in school because the emotion level wasn't high enough. So I'm saying that add the blueberries on top of your head, but make it a little funny. So you add a little bit of motion there and it makes it more memorable. The, the second place on your body is what? Nose. Is your nose. And the second brain tip we talked about is actually killing ants. <laughs> so just, yeah. See, oh, yes, see, I forgot. And it was funny, actually, ants. Yes. Okay. So you have ants. And notice, though, but you have a good memory what you remembered and didn't. So we always congratulate ourselves when we make progress. But the, the ants in our nose, you'll never forget that. Like, <laughs> like, like, like and that's the thing. When you understand, you know, it's about taking the ordinary and making it extraordinary. If you had an ant in your nose, you would never forget that for another 20 years. You would never forget it. Because that's because it's emotional and it's visual and it's something that doesn't happen very often. So we're taking ordinary information making it extraordinary in our mind. So we don't have to do it frequently, like repeat repeat like most people learn something because they repetition they repeat it 50 times but that takes so much time nobody has that time make it you know amazing imaginative and emotional you could just picture it once and you'll remember it forever so number three the third place on your body is what uh, mouth is your mouth and you just want to remember the third key was movement we said exercise and movement was really important so what could I you just picture have a foot in my mouth perfect perfect <laughs> <laughs> foot in your mouth and just remember that means movement right and exercise <laughs> okay good number four what's the fourth place on your body ears your ears and i want you to remember the fourth thing was uh brain vitamins we said uh brain nutrients just making sure you know if you need a supplement you can supplement so just imagine out of your out of your ears Please don't test me after this. No, no, you're going to remember. I think you're going to, I, I know you're going to remember this. So we we're going we're gonna to test everyone here. Everyone do this with me. Out of your ears, just imagine a lot of brain vitamins coming out. Your ginkgo biloba, your uh, omega-3s, your uh, B, B12 vitamins coming out of your, your ears. Good. Um, now, number five, go to the fifth place. The fifth place is your throat. And I want you to remember the fifth thing was your positive peer group, your happy friends. So I just want you to imagine all your happy friends putting a, a smiley, you know, those, those like smiley faces, like yeah. those emojis yeah. right on your throat. Just think about your happiest friends and they're putting happy faces on stickers, emojis on your throat. Or all your friends hanging on your neck. Like Perfect. Even whatever. And that's the best thing about this. Whatever you come up with, whoever's listening is the best. What works for you. Now, by the way, let's actually test this. What's the first place on your body? Head. And what do you? What, what was the brain Broccoli, tip? Broccoli, food. Yeah. Nutrition. All, all the all the brain nutrition food. And the second place uh, on your body is what? Oh my God, ants are coming ants. out. Ants. Yeah, so get rid of those automatic <laughs> oh negative goodness. thoughts, ants. Okay. And number three is what? What was in your mouth? Uh, exercise. Exercise. Good. <laughs> I'm not gonna say. Good. It's not in my mouth. <laughs> the number number four is what? Uh, ears and lots of good vitamins. Yes, good, good vitamins. Good and number five on your throat is what? A lot of friends. Yeah. Positive environment. Positive, positive yeah. friends and good, good. Now number six are your what? What's on your place? Sixth place on your body is your is what? The shoulders. The shoulders. And I want you to remember clean environment. So that was what's important. So how can you imagine clean environment on your shoulders? Maybe we know clean environment is good for your brain. Maybe I see some brushes on like um, uh, car brushes. I'm car brushes on, yeah. cleaning your shoulders. <laughs> Maybe somebody's mopping or vacuuming on your shoulders. Yeah. And, and you might be thinking, somebody listening can be thinking, this is so childish. Again. Who are the fastest learners? Children. How fast can they learn a musical instrument compared to how fast can they learn another language? You know, and so they're playful. So imagine clean environment. You're just seeing mopping and vacuuming and sweeping and brushing. 
Good. That's number six. Number seven. What is that going to be like? Clean environment. Clean environment. Yeah, there is cleaning with the brushes. Okay. Number seven is your collarbone, and you want to remember sleep. So, what can you picture for that? Maybe like a, a hammock, like a like hammock, and somebody's going to sleep right on their like, like imagine a hammock there, hanging up, yeah, on okay. on your collar like a necklace, and it's and you're using it for sleep. Okay. And let's see how memorable that is. Eight are your fingers, and you want to remember brain protection, which basically for me is wearing a helmet. You know, I would have if I would wear a helmet all those times I had the brain injury. Though that would I would be a different place. Imagine so, uh, the, the boxing gloves. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. On the fingers? Is that too... Com is that not... Oh, um, you want it to stand ordinary. out? Yeah. Oh, that's a great word. Ordinary. Yeah. You want to make it extraordinary. So maybe put uh, helmets, uh, 10 helmets on each year, you know, a helmet on each year finger. Okay. So you have 10 helmets, maybe with your favorite sports team. And then finally, uh, we're wrapping it up, nine and 10. Number nine place on, on your body is your belly. And I want you to remember new learnings, new learnings. So if I say new learnings, how do, what symbolizes learnings? Books. Books. So imagine like a bookshelf right on our belly. Like, uh, like a, just all your favorite books around your, your stomach. Okay. And just see the titles. What are some of your favorite titles? Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. That, that, I like that. That's where we are now. This is like Harry Potter <laughs> land. Okay, so Harry Potter, all volumes right there. Um, J.K. Rowling would be very happy about that plug. Um, and so uh, books all over your belly. And finally, the last part lace on your body is what? Bottom. And then you want to remember stress management. <laughs> and I don't really know, but whatever anyone pictures, that's what you picture. <laughs> Um, whatever symbolizes stress, maybe you're getting a massage or something, whatever. Okay. okay. That's in your mind. Now, you are the expert. You listening to this. You are on stage. You're maybe going to give a talk uh, at an event. Maybe you're coming to one of our quick brain, you know, uh, meetups and you're going to give a talk at our conference. And you need to remember the 10 keys. But what's important as a public speaker is you always need to remember them in order. That's what's important because what's hard is you go through it and then you answer somebody's question and you come back and you're like, oh, where was I? I lost my place, right? But here you'll never lose your place because you just, it's right on your body. You have all your notes on you. I did this with a, ch a child and uh, he was struggling all through school and grade school and I taught him this method and he, he got an A on his test, his first A he's ever gotten. And his parents were flipping out. They're so happy. And his mother was like, how did you do this? That's amazing. And he looked at his parents like, I cheated. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, you didn't just say that. I was like, he's like, what? She's like, what the fuck? She's like, what did you do? And he's like, I cheated, just, just like Jim taught me. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And then I found, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, how'd you do so well? It's like, I, I had my notes. You mean if I was like, you took your notes in for the quiz? He's like, no, I had my notes, but they were on the inside. And he pointed to his brain. He, he looked at his whole body and he had all the notes like inside his imagination on his body for all the tips. So now it's your turn. You're on stage. What's the first brain tip? The broccoli, that means nutrition. Yes, all your nutrition, brain food. Brain, brain food. Uh, then we're on my nose. And then, uh, uh, so... Uh, a negative thoughts. Yes. Get rid of the negative thoughts. Ants. Very good. Then we have mouth. Mouth is 
uh, exercise, brain, uh, sorry, exercise mm-hmm. is good for the brain. Yes, very We good. We have the ears, in ears I have pills, that's nutrients. Very good, very nice. So supplements are nutrients, mm-hmm. yeah. Then we have the collarbone, the throat. Mm-hmm. A lot of friends, good positive friends. Notice how it automatically comes, right? You know that's like their okay. number, the next one, very good. And then we have the shoulder, so clean environment is very important. Mm-hmm. We go to the collarbone where we are good sleepers, we have to sleep Yes, you see the hammock there. The brain yes. sleeping good, very good. And I have my fingers, and the protection is very important. Brain protection, yes. wear protection, whatever exercising you're doing that is extreme. Yes. And my belly is full of Harry Potter books, so that means learning, novelty. Always learning, novelty, very <laughs> good. Good books. Good books. And stress, please. Let me not tell you what I've imagined. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Good job. Thank you. And now, by the way, can you do it backwards? Yes, I can. What was the number 10? Uh, the stress. Stress. Very, very good. Get rid of the stress. Good uh, novelty. Introduce always novelty. Mm-hmm. Um, a protection of your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, good sleep. Very good. Um, then uh, clean environment. Mm-hmm. Lots of positive environment. Uh, positive friend, peer in, uh, the yeah. encouragement. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, supplements and nutrients for your brain Mm -hmm. exercise is important and um, negative thoughts get rid of negative thoughts and eat healthy balanced diet that's awesome thank you you have a quick brain forwards and backwards and it just it took more time to explain it and to be able to than actually does to do it and what people could do is they could do places like their home like what if you were just to imagine you're standing in the doorway of your home and maybe it's the kitchen or the dining room or wherever and just look around and go clockwise You know, maybe the microwave is number one, the first place. Maybe the stovetop is the second place. Maybe the refrigerator is the third place. Maybe the dishwasher is the fourth. And maybe the sink is the fifth. And then go into the next room. Maybe the bookshelf is the sixth place. And the fireplace is the seventh place. Maybe the eight, the cat stand is the eighth place. The television is the ninth place. The couch, the sofa is the tenth place. And you could just go room to room. And all of a sudden, you could put a grocery list there. You could put... I like the song... Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. <laughs> Maybe that's going to help us, but you have to have 10 or it no, ha- doesn't... No, you could have as many, as many as you want. You can make this however you like. So you could go to room to room to room. And then if you were reading something like the, some of our favorite books, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, you could put each habit on a, on a different appliance in your home. Mm. Some people that are salespeople, they'll go in with their briefcase and they'll use like the zipper will be the first place. You know, the pocket would be the second place. The side thing would be the third place and they'll put client information. So when someone's having a conversation with you, they'll think of key points and they'll take images and just stick them there. And it, it's, a, it's really remarkable. I mean, we, I've trained a lot of the, the TED speakers on how to give speeches they use this exact strategy and there's no limit and you could reuse this too like if you wanted to in a couple of days still use your body let's say you wanted to you know put your brain foods on there in a couple of days from now you could put on the top of your head you could put avocados and you can have blueberries coming out of your nose this time you know you could for, for number three you could have broccoli and and so on you have turmeric which is one of my favorite brain foods in your ear or something like that and you can make it fun that's the message here is that when you're when you're using it's not how smart you are or how smart your kids are. It's, that's the wrong question. It's not how smart you are. It's how are you smart? It's how are we smart? Because we have genius 
really we have genius inside of us. Our brains are incredible. They just don't come with owner manual in the owner's manual, instruction manual on how to use it. But yet it's our most greatest asset that we have. You know, our minds control everything, our careers, you know, our our, our relationships, our health or lack thereof. And so it's what they call a focal point. A focal point is the one thing you could get better at and it just gets makes everything in your life better. It's pretty exciting. I, I feel like we can go forever with this, but I wanted to ask a, a final mm -hmm. question um, as a key takeaway for this. Um, so you had your own, let's say, disability to fight with. Like we are given these bodies and mm -hmm. they come with their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And from what I've learned from you in this uh, several hours we spent together is that we can... Um, we can overcome our weaknesses or we can turn them into strengths if yeah. we believe, if we love ourselves and if we are open-minded, meaning we want to learn. Right. So um, what I would love for you to, to share with, how is your journey so far? Is it getting easier? Because you have yeah. always, once you, you overcome one weakness, there is right, another right, one right. coming up. How is this journey? I would say that um, life always has its challenges, and it's interesting when you say this journey because um, we do an, an annual event um, where we do brain training for a few days, and we have a lot of interesting people come. And one of the people in the audience was Quincy Jones, uh, the music producer, and I, I brought him on stage. I asked him to come up to just talk to him like you and I are talking uh, because I thought he would have something, some powerful things to share. And I asked him about... I don't always want, as I said, everyone always hears about your successes, right? You know, we are the world and all this great stuff. I want to know what your biggest problems are. What are the biggest problems that you're facing? And he's like, Jim, I don't have any. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? It's like, we all have problems. He's like, you know, when you're building this thing, you did Thriller, or, you know, all these things, like, what were the challenges and the problems? He's like, I don't have any problems. I have puzzles. I was, like, what, I was like, whoa, what do you mean? He's like, well, problems, you know, make me feel bad. But when I think about a puzzle, puzzles are fun. And puzzles, all, all puzzles have solutions. And I just, I got so much out of that. And for me, I always feel like we always have challenges. Because through challenges, that's how life makes us grow and makes us change, right? And that's what I was saying before, is just that difficult times, when we have them, they could define us. Or they could, they could diminish us or they could develop us. And we build a muscle by giving it novelty and giving it, um, giving it resistance. And sometimes, so I, yes, I, had the, I was the boy with the broken brain. And for a decade and a half, I struggled and I suffered. But it became my greatest superpower. And we all have these challenges when people are up-leveling because life will, you'll have these things. And then I think people need to look at those things as opportunities to grow that maybe our prayer isn't for us to have no problems. Maybe it's, you know, us to, to be better, to be stronger, to be smarter. I really do believe in life that if you just do the easy things in life all the time, which easy things are like not working out or, or, or just procrastinating on that meeting or, or not having that difficult discussion, that's easy things. But if you do the easy things in life, life is hard, right, ultimately. But if you do the hard things in life, life becomes easy. And I, I really do, I, I, I would, 
in parting words for people who are listening to this, I, w- I would treat those challenges like puzzles. Treat it as, as, a, as a game, as a new adventure, as a new journey. Because I don't know a lot of people that have had, was given everything, you know, everything was provided and given easy that I want to really spend time with. I feel like that people don't know about this, but post-traumatic stress, there's also post-traumatic growth. You know, when you come on the, on the other side, your struggles become your strength. You know, your, your mess has become your message. And the life we live are the lessons, lessons we teach. I, I compare our life to an egg. That if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if an egg is broken by an inside force, life begins. And I love that. All great things, that. all great things begin on the inside. And you have greatness inside of you. And everyone who's listening, you have genius inside of you. And... You know, it's exciting time to let it out. Thank you. Thank you for everything you've shared with us. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I can do this forever. Great. Well, maybe next time we do uh, your journey to becoming an entrepreneur because mm-hmm. you turned your weakness into strength and yeah. you also made business, yeah. which is something you love to do. And if people can choose to do what they love every day, they wake up with this positive thoughts and, and energy. Yes. Amazing. Where are we going to record that one? Well, let's talk about this. Okay. Thank you. Jelena Djokovic, Original Glass. You've been listening to the second season of Original Voice, a podcast created by the Original Platform. Through Original Platform, we want to promote authentic individuals whose dedicated work is changing the world and making it a better place. You can address all your questions and suggestions to our email org. You will find in the description of this episode all our contact details and make sure to follow us on our website originalmagazine.com and our social networks so you don't miss our new episodes. My name is Jelena Djokovic and you are listening to The Original Voice, a podcast created by The Original Platform. Welcome!